get to retire here. You don't get that. Because I got to ask you a favor. In front of God and the whole world. Before AEW was a thing. Before we filled this place up. It was me, it was Kenny, it was Matt, it was Nick, it was Tony. And I put my name on a piece of paper for our show next month in Jacksonville for Fight for the Fallen. You know what the match that I put my name down on? It was myself and a partner of my choosing. Against against what I think is the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks. But Dustin, I don't need I don't need a partner. I don't need I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. been so long that I have forgotten how to say. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Jmo, normally, normally that intro, as you know, it gets me fired up, but not this time. Not this time. No, it hit me in the heart this time. Really? Yeah, I feel. Uh, whew, I feel. I feel like uh, it's, uh, it's a return. It's uh, you know, I'm back doing something that I like to do. Yeah, you got like some nostalgic feelings as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bl- blowing the cobwebs off your wrestling brain here. <laughs> That's absolutely correct. Although the wrestling pol- polishing the old dome. <laughs> <laughs> I just lobotomized myself <laughs> in an effort to give my absolute best for this program. Because as you know, Jamo, my normal brain not quite up to par for a best of the year. Not after all the Christmas celebrations I, I've been having. I think you got street smarts, my friend. I hope so. Yo, you you call yourself a dummy sometimes. Yes. I think you're a pretty smart guy, actually. Wait, I'll t- I feel like I've told you that multiple times before. <laughs> Many times more serious and emotional than how I'm doing it yeah. right now. Oh, yeah, you're a pretty smart guy. Merry Christmas, Madman. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. And I'll, You know what? I'll say it right off the bat here. I was going to save some sentiment for the end of the show. Oh, boy. Let's Do it. get right into save it off to the the up. I miss doing this, man. Yeah, I know, yeah. And and uh, and I apologize to you, and I apologize to the listeners. I was in a real bad place in September and October. 
uh, mentally. I had like a nervous breakdown midway through October. And, uh, you know, I let this show fall by the wayside at a time that you and I were both sort of invested in getting back into it again. Yeah. And uh, and I apologize to you That's because okay. I've never really I never told you what happened because I was ashamed of my mental health and uh, I'm sorry about that. Well, I forgive you, of course. You shouldn't be ashamed of your mental health because this is a safe zone for that. Uh, but that said, maybe you know distance makes the heart grow fonder. I'm I was looking forward to this. I'm ready to get into the year ends of of wrestling. Are, are you doing better? Oh, yeah. I'm Plus in a, I'm in a much better on- place now, yes. Plus, I'd rather you tell me on air. Off air, who knows? Well, I get emotional here. I can just be like, ah, yeah, and <laughs> turn it into a bit. I should. We. I mean, I could have had this conversation with you off the air, but we just spent an hour talking about Star Wars Rise oh, of Skywalker. Yeah, hang on. Should, well, maybe people haven't seen it, so we shouldn't yeah. say anything. And also, like, if they liked it, then we should just let them enjoy it. I hope you like it. How about that? I hope I, you like Star yes. Wars Rise of the Skywalker. It's, it's like wrestling. I go into every Monday Night Raw wanting to like That's it. That's right. And sometimes it absolutely sucks ass instead. <laughs> Most times, yeah, really. wrestling, wrestling, that is. Not Star Wars. Certainly certainly Star Wars could never be bad. Uh, <laughs> we, we would, we've never seen yeah. a bad Star yeah, Wars movie ever before. <laughs> I don't right. know if we ever will, yeah, Josh. I think, I think they can go for another 12. That's, that's what I'm... Or what are there, 11? I guess 11 of them. No, let's, let's make it like... Marvel. Let's do three times a year we do Star Wars. Not now. enough. About? Not enough. <laughs> I think a monthly Star Wars. You know how The Mandalorian comes out every week? Dude, The Mandalorian. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen do it. Do you want my Disney Plus login? I have Disney Plus. Really? Yeah. It's just been time, man. These past three weeks have been so bonkers between all the travel and something Christmas every night. I'm worn out. Like, I'm on my. But tonight is my last Christmas party till I get out to Abbotsford and hibernate at my parents' house, which I'm greatly. Well, I'm excited to. for you to watch The Mandalorian because yeah. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's, I'm sure I will. Uh, that said, can it hit the heights of The Watchmen? The television no. right now completely different though. Yeah, okay. Because because Watchmen was like serialized week to week. You had to tune in. Yeah, it's on your mind from Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. Well, what am I gonna do in the time between episodes? When will I see the blue hog? <laughs> I need to see the big dick. <laughs> we do. It was a great part of the show. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't think we were gonna get it. The first sight of him was covered up. But, yeah. Uh, Cowards. We saw that hog eventually, didn't we? The Mandalorian, meanwhile, yeah. it is completely episodic. Okay. It, it tells a larger storyline over the course of the season, but every single week is basically disconnected from the week before. Like and, House MD. And, and that is relaxing. Yeah. no, there's... It is nice to have something where I'm not thinking about it all week long. I might just randomly remember, oh, there's another episode of The Mandalorian I can watch now. See, and then that I is... watch it and I like it and then I'm do- mentally done with it. You know, it's weird. I don't really think I watch shows like that. I'm trying to think of something else that I have like that. I, I can't think of anything. Yeah, there's nothing like that in this current yeah. cultural climate, which is why I really enjoy it that we get something like that. And and listen, all, all apologies to The Mandalorian, but I don't even think I'm going to watch it over Christmas break because The Witcher came out on Netflix, and I'm dying to dive into that, too. See, I've heard that that is, like, incomprehensible if you have no background knowledge of the books or video games. Well, luckily, I've read the books and love the oh, video games. You're going to like it. <laughs> so I am, I am all good on seeing and uh, Geralt go swing the swords around. Jamo, 
I think we've got a marathon episode in front of us here. We do. We have some real topics to plow through. There's tons of awards to hang out, hand out here, Josh. Yes. And, and and hang out with as well. All the awards are in the room they're with us. We made physical trophies to send correct. off to all the recipients. Yeah, they're empty cans of bubbly sparkling water that <laughs> say wrestling on them. <laughs> yeah, we just, just sharpied over <laughs> what the topic is. Yeah, it says sort of bubbly wrestling <laughs> is what it looks like. But uh, they are, in fact, the top marks. Best worst of the year awards. I think people look forward to this all year long. I think the fans, they know that this is the true yes. spirit of Top Marks. We we give our boldest opinions. We get into it a little bit here. We, we say it how it is. Exactly. We start shooting. We are truth tellers. Now, J-Mo, I don't think I'm speaking out of school here when I say maybe this year on the take front for you, you've been viewed in maybe a, a dark light in some ways. But let me tell you. I've got some unpopular ones coming out. By the end of this episode, you may be the top baby face preaching truth to power, and they may be like, wait, 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 hang on. I mean, we'll see. Look, you know what I'll say for myself? Yeah. I'll give you a lot of cannon fodder for worst co-host take of the year. <laughs> you year. did. You did. But also, I went for it on a number of places. Well, I, I swung for the fences. <laughs> yeah. I didn't pussyfoot around. I had some takes, and I made sure the people knew them. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Uh, even when wrong, there was some doubling and drooling down. <laughs> uh, but we made it. We are here. We are jovial. And Jamal, what do you say we just jump into the first category? Yeah, let's here. do it. What do you got for uh, for category number one? I what think are we, we talking about first. I think we got to start out with a bit of a banger because we can get into the, some of the the mid card, and of course, you save some of the best for last. But why don't we jump right on into it? Because I think people want to hear our thoughts, sort of on on maybe where AEW, New Japan, NXT, GCW, WWE are because of our absence. So why don't we start with promotion of the year? What I, do you think of I that? I think that's a great idea. It's like starting with best supporting actor that, at the Oscars. absolutely right. It's, it's you know, always the supporting actor who's done something incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the award that people are tuning in for. Who was it in Florida Project? I like Was that William H. Macy? Uh, it's, uh, the or was it Willem Dafoe? Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, the he other. had the lead role, didn't he? No, I don't remember. Who knows? I loved him in that movie, though. That's for sure. Madman, supporting actor, a.k.a. promotion of the year. Yes. A.k.a. what we're talking about. What, what was sort of the story? Before you give your answer... What, and I'm going to just do this for each of them. What is the story of WWE this year? And we're including NXT in that. Uh, the story is competition. Yes. Is the story is finally being challenged by an external force. Sure. Uh, and, and being pressed to rise to that challenge or perhaps change your operation in a way that they hadn't in years previous where they feel comfortable as the you know top of the food chain, which they still are, but... There have been changes, you know. They brought Pyro back for yep. one. Yep. Uh, I think the way that the company is booked now, and and the and the certainly how they try to book storylines mm-hmm. on a week to week basis is much different, especially on Raw right now than where we were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Would you say better? Uh, for Raw. Yeah. It's up and down, but I would say better. For yeah, sure. I would yeah. actually say on whole better, and they've made. They've made some stories that maybe shouldn't work. I'll just speak with uh, Rusev and Lashley here. A few that I really feel like shouldn't work in any sort of meaningful way, but the participants are so driven into it that I'm, I'm sort of engaged with it. And I feel like on the Raw side, there's a couple things like that. And we got a brawl in a restaurant, which was... Yeah, and we that's, loved it. That's the best... What more can you ask for from wrestling than... Uh, a setting outside the arena where people fight in. Like, is that not every great wrestling segment you've ever seen? <laughs> There's no good wrestling segment that's ever taken place outside of a restaurant. <laughs> that's just the absolute <laughs> truth. How about for, let's go GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, a small mm-hmm. promotion that that we both have a uh, soft spot in our hearts for. Lost Joey Janela this year. The rise of Nick Gage. I feel like maybe that's their story. Is Nick Gage 
would you say the biggest star on the indies right now? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, for a purely independent wrestler, certainly feels that way. As yeah, as someone who has no ties to even impact, nothing like anything. Yeah, it's. I mean, I hadn't really considered that until you asked the question, but I can't disagree with you. Yeah, I I thought about. I think because there's such a. I would say the story of the indies, if we were to do it, is that it has been just harvested. I mean, in terms of purely independent, and I know some of the AEW guys work other shows, they do for impact and whatnot, but purely independent wrestling. I think three years ago when you had you know your riddle and Keith Lee's and Joey Janela's and Roderick Star all floating around, right? But it's good. It is good. No, I think so, too. It, it's, it, you know, we are friends with wrestlers in our local scene. It's true. We have seen people from our local scene get plucked. We're, you know, one of the best guys that Vancouver's ever produced is fucking on the world stage in New Japan right now. Absolutely correct. With and, El Phantasmo. And, and, and soon, I believe, Artemis Spencer and Fergie will be getting that same, uh, that exact same push. Fergie will be the top babyface on Dynamite before you know it, baby. If that's not the case, count me out on Dynamite. And that's a shoot. Did you see uh, the Voros twins were on Uncharted Territory the other night? Yeah, even even a guy like Daniel Makabe, who yep. you know is, I think I can count as a friend of mine. Somebody who I wait that guy's have, your friend. Well, I have conversations with him sometimes, from you know, time that, to time. I mean, I'm not going to say it on the show, but that guy, you know, <laughs> I've I've met him. I interviewed him once, and then the next time I met him, I was like, oh, I guess we're like we're buds now. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's out there wearing a white caps jersey, calling himself the wrestling genius. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little he's stepping on your gimmick uh, a little bit. A little. I mean, what what, what are you going to start a punk band? Get some <laughs> shitty tattoos? What's next, Daniel? Actually, you know what. But uh, the reason that I felt comfortable not doing top marks anymore is that Daniel <laughs> Makabe and I are doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> but, even, but even he went to Europe for the first time this year. He's been working WXW. Like, that is... It's not the world stage, perhaps, but it's certainly a Vancouver player stepping up globally on the indies. Yes. And that is even encouraging to see. I think, like, the more that the indies get pilfered, the bigger opportunity it creates for the people down below. So now, JMO, let's move to maybe the most interesting one to talk about in some ways. What is the story of the the launch of AEW? Hot start, all kinds of promise, sky high expectations, maybe hire a writer. Yeah, or or an agent, some some sort of. There it, are agents, like there are, like Dean Malenko works for that company. Agents who are willing to stand up to the backstage because yeah. I feel like they are all. It is this one club with a singular vision, and maybe they're. It's a little inmates running the asylum right now. I feel like if you had one writer with any amount of authority creatively in yeah. that company, he could tell you you're running four angles that are exactly the same at the same time right now. Well, and that's right. And like, and hey, guys, on on the last four episodes, we've had a, a lights out. Maybe, maybe not this time. Maybe, yeah. maybe we we slow down on these. But but I think we do need to focus on the hot start because. And I think AEW can be salvaged extremely easily. Oh, absolutely! To be clear. I fully agree. I think. I think, and it's weird because I think listeners of the show will know that I like Kenny Omega a great deal, but he's not like one of my absolute guys. You know, some people it's like he is the best wrestler. If I'm AEW, and again, not the biggest Kenny Omega. It's, it's guy. like Daniel Makabe. You are the the janitor. He's the cleaner. <laughs> it's like, and he has gray hair. Come on, guy. Yeah, what are we doing here? These people look at me and they know it's a money act. They're like, what piece of this can I take? That's right, <laughs> Every, folks. People come. Coming and going from the bar, just like, <laughs> I needed a gimmick. I'm just going to be that bartender. <laughs> That's absolutely right. And Kenny Omega would admit that. But if I'm AEW, I'm just making Kenny Omega my top guy instantly. I don't know how they had all this promise of being like, 
the work rate league. They take all these guys, especially off that. I know Kenny Omega's title reign wasn't great, but the chase to it was this unbelievable story. Mm -hmm. It's like all of that goodwill. Am I crazy? Am I just a hater? But it feels gone to me. The greatest work rate wrestler in the world, basically, was the hype around him at that time. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like, AEW should be the work rate company. And the fact that they're focusing on Jericho and Mike work and entertainment. Look, bringing back the art of the promo, that's a huge plus Absolutely. in the AEW column. Having a segment where a, uh, where <laughs> AEW talks on the mic. No. <laughs> MJF, the other three initials in that company. That's right. MJF and Jericho are on the mic for 16 minutes straight. That's a huge boost for totally that company. Totally That's agree. something that wrestling is missing, that electricity of two guys owning the mic in the ring in front of a live audience, and you have no idea where the segment is going to go. That's been missing. That's a huge plus. We've seen some dynamite promos from them, but we don't see dynamite matches on a week-to-week basis. They lose the work rate fight to NXT basically every single week, and when you have Kenny Omega, when you have some of the guys that they have, that should not be happening. Well, yeah, it's it's so true, right? I mean, again, and not to, not to go fully into AEW booking, but I really feel they need to split up a couple of the tag teams, inject them into the singles men's competition. Like, even just Penta. If you just big, split up the Lucha Bros and you Penta versus Phoenix, winner gets after Jericho. There's just ways of doing it where you can get like a little work rate into the singles men's division, and I think the, the ladies need it too. So, Jamo, who is your promotion of the year? It's for the second consecutive year, as I think we – both picked them last year. Yeah. If I had, I- I'm not exactly sure. I didn't go back and check last year's. Picks. I would bet we did. It's New Japan Pro Wrestling, the king of sports. And I'm shocked to be saying that because yeah, it is a bit of like if not sadness, but if I were to go back to last year, January 1st, announcing the launch of AEW, you know, you know, all the things that we've seen with NXT this year, I would think that New Japan was in danger of becoming an afterthought in my viewing habits. And sometimes it has been this year overall. But in terms of, like, who has consistently, steadily delivered the goods on a show-by-show basis, you can't pick anyone but New Japan. They lost the elite. They lost, you know, a a good many talents that had drawn a lot of North American eyeballs, including Chris Jericho, even though he's worked, uh, I think, one match still since... Yeah. In the last year. and Well, he was at Wrestle Kingdom 13, so if that counts. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, but, but like, even in spite of that, they have stuck to what has always made them good, and that is good booking that makes sense. Like, I was more invested in the G1 this year than I feel like I ever have been. Great and, year to get invested. And the G1 was uh, the finale, like, it played my expectations against me. Yep. Because... Because Jay White is exactly the heel that WWE thinks Baron Corbin is and is not. <laughs> yes. And, and <clears throat> like, you have an ascendant star who people have been rallying around for many, many years in Kota Ibushi. You give him a huge moment. You put the briefcase on a rising star and give us a new moment to look forward to that's coming up next week, basically. Yeah. And, like... Hello, does that not ring alarm bells as to what the North American companies have not done this year? Yeah, man, it, it really feels to me like New Japan understands that there is some beauty in the simplicity. Like, the factions in the G1 alone are, like, enough structure to just sort of keep me hanging in there. And then the match quality delivers. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I suspect I will always be watching WWE pay-per-views and NXT takeovers for sure and AEW pay-per-views, although I won't ever pay for them. Uh, I'm just going to say that. I know that sounds bad. I don't know how AEW thinks that they can charge $40 for these shows. It seems crazy to me, but that's that's just one man's opinion. 
But New Japan Pro Wrestling, when it is when it is the day after a card and I wake up the next morning, what I want to do is make coffee and watch that show, and I'm never disappointed. Mm. Like, not even remotely. And that's, All of their divisions delivered this year. Which is crazy. Like, you talk about the year Will Ospreay had. Will Ospreay could be Wrestler of the Year Absolutely. The, the injection of uh, John Moxley. The, Okada continuing to put on just... A record of achievement. That the is, the Osprey El Fantasmo trilogy. Unbelievable. Incredible. So, I mean, it's just so hard to get around where it should have been AEW's year, I feel like, you know? But, and, but like, <clears throat> New Japan had so many great moments as well. Uh, Kenta's return. Yep. Um, Shibata getting physical in the ring. He's not, he's not returned as a wrestler, but he he's done things that you never thought you'd see from him ever again. Like, Absolutely, there's all these indelible moments that stand out in New Japan's year in a way that, like, I don't know that NXT has those moments this year. I can think of the the Rhea Ripley winning the title. I know it was just a couple of weeks ago, but that that stands out as like pretty big for me. But oh, yeah, for sure. I felt like NXT, while solid, also had a down year this year. Just paced glacially. Yeah, like it's really picked up, I think, and to your point about competition. I genuinely do find myself enjoying NXT more than Dynamite. Although I watch both, and I watch Dynamite first, which is in, but it's because we get it. But there. also, like, Finn Balor feels like he's in prison right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like does. they just put him into indie jail. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's probably happy. His like schedule is reduced, and he gets to hang out with his wife. Yeah, that's probably nice. I'm sure he's like not dissatisfied with it, but it's weird. Yes, and also like yes, Rhea Ripley winning the title was a huge thing, and and maybe that's the payoff to not doing anything all year long is that when you actually do something, it feels enormous. Yes, so maybe I can never be satisfied as a fan. I'm always He's going to be like, why didn't they do anything? And then I get this huge moment, and it's like, well, the payoff to that is because we had to wait so long for right. it. But also, like, I look back at this year of, of NXT, and it's like, you know, this was my complaint about TakeOver Toronto. Great wrestling. Nothing happened no on that No forward show. momentum. Nothing. Yeah. Zero. Not anything. Zero things. So, you know, that to me... NXT, yes, great wrestling every week, but Mike Noble has said this on the show many, many times. Good wrestling is not enough in 2019. No, and it, ju- it just isn't. Like, it's not about the kicks and punches. The work rate is just so high that I need a reason to care. And again, New Japan being my my uh, promotion of the year, I do think just leaning on those factions, it always just adds like a drop of meaning to everything they're doing. And I think that's part of the secret sauce. Well, we agree then. Promotion of the year 2019 for the second year in a row. Surprised to be picking it. I really did not expect to be choosing this. New Japan Pro Wrestling. The king of sports, baby. And JMO, that brings us on into Breakthrough Wrestler of the Year. A wrestler who, uh, you know, maybe last year you were not very aware of. And this year, soaring with interest. Do, do you have one off the off the top of your head here? I do, yeah. I was tempted to pick Stokely Hathaway here. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that he, is the, he would be a breakthrough contender because he's still not really on television. Right. Um, but he's so entertaining, and I look forward to his stuff so much that he was a real contender for me here. Any other contenders before you? Because I feel like there was a lot of ways people could have gone on this one. Yeah, uh, I feel guilty not giving it to Rhea Ripley. Yeah, Rhea's I, definitely in the discussion. Rhea should be up there, but uh, my choice for Breakthrough Wrestler of the Year 2019, David Starr, also a contender for this, Absolutely. somebody who's had a fantastic year on the indies. Uh, I'm going to give it to Walter. Oh, wow. I love that pick. Yeah. Uh, he has been a revelation. He has been a reason to tune in to NXT UK mm-hmm. more so than 
any talent outside of the women's division that that company has ever had. Even including, no offense, but yeah, Walter no, is. You're right. Um, he's so good that he's made uh, <laughs> Imperium feel like a big deal, even though it's just Walter <laughs> and three guys. No, like he, Walter is so good, he makes you care about Fabian Eichmann. <laughs> about that okay so the number of the total value of imperium let's say is a hundred okay yes what score of that is walter 97 (laughs) (laughs) they each bring one to the the table but he gives them the rub like if you were to break them off individually now they'd each be up like 20 points from the from walter's score (laughs) that's absolutely true walter and maybe people will push back on this. Walter feels must-see in a way that almost no other wrestler does to me. They he, did him so dirty at Survivor Series, but I don't care because I know he can get that back. I'm actually going to defend the Survivor Series thing. Somebody the, – the goal was to have Keith Lee get over there. That's and true. you need to have Braun, Keith Lee, and Walter all at big man spots. That's hard to do. They let him beat the fuck out of someone, and, and he gets a, a cheap pin. And, and if you pay it off with an NXT UK title match between Walter and Drew McIntyre, who doesn't want to see that Who's not match? in on that? Oh, yeah, and McIntyre is another host who has to get in there. I love that pick. Uh, it's I just think- those two matches. My The match against Dunn was my favorite week uh, match of the weekend of Mania. Yep. And the match against Bate – I was so exhausted that weekend. There yeah. was so much wrestling to watch that weekend. And yet, like, I had literally fallen asleep during other matches on NXT UK Cardiff. Yep. Um, and I and I, that match started, and it's like 50 minutes long. I was glued to the screen, like lightning out of my eyeballs electricity in that match. And credit to... Uh, Tyler Bate as well. Of course. But like for Walter to have two of my favorite matches of the year and just be a dynamic, incredible performer on top of it, who I can even see like doing comedy stuff with Stokely. Yep. He's been funny. He's threatening. There's no one more threatening than Walter. No one. When he arrives on the main roster, I know that we say this about so many people. I don't see how they can screw that guy up. He just has. Famous last words. He just has. It. He is the he is the total package that Vince salivates over. Can I tell you why I don't think he works on the main roster? Sure. Because what is a seven minute TV Walter match? Just him throwing guys around. I guess. Yeah. It's like I like the stories of Walter match, beating guys up, you know. But but I agree. I think he's his matches are must watch in a way that 2016 Kenny Omegas were, where it's like if you hear that, that he's wrestling someone, you have to watch it. I love the pick. Uh, Madman, a couple honorable mentions from me. Uh, Bask in his glory. I think Keith Lee is primed for a 2020 that's going to, you know. Oh, dude. When that Netflix movie that he filmed in Vancouver comes out, he's going to be on top of the world. They're going to push him to the moon. I think that's absolutely correct. He's going to get an NXT title run. I would be shocked if he's not a champion in 2020. I absolutely think that he will be, and I think he should be, and I'm very into him. And he was so close to getting this spot for me, but I I can't give it to him. And I also can't give it to Darby Allen, who I think really we saw him at Ballroom Brawl last year. I thought he greatly impressed against Eddie Osborne. And I thought Yeah, you followed him around the entire match. <laughs> you were part of his security detail. <laughs> Dude, him coffin dropping like a foot in front of me onto Eddie Osborne, I thought I was going to like I was in heaven. But I also can't give it to him, even though I think that he has been a, a real credit to what AEW's done. I think they've done a good job with Darby Allen. Even though I think the body bag has to go. I think the body bag is so cringy. Mm-hmm. I have to give it, you mentioned her, everyone knows now that I've said her who it's going to be, Rhea Ripley feels like, 
when she won the title on NXT a couple weeks ago, I was like, here we go. It wasn't quite a Daniel Bryan moment, but it had like some sort of like, wow. It's, because, it's because we've been waiting for it from the first moment we saw her. That's right. You and I have. You knew that she was this from the very first moment you laid eyes on her. Incredible. Absolute star power. Such a good addition to, uh, to the women's division, especially in NXT, because how many people would have been believable to beat Shayna? Um, yeah, I mean, it felt like Dakota Kai was going to get that moment in the long-term story, but it wouldn't have been believable no. given the people that she had run through already. Exactly. I like that Rhea just is a physical force who beats people up, and I love the gear. I love the look. I, I couldn't say enough good things. Her stretch during the weekend of Survivor Series yes. of Friday Night SmackDown, NXT TakeOver, and then Survivor Series all in a row. Nobody had a better like that is I agree. Nobody nobody in wrestling had a better moment than that collective weekend. She was just fantastic. Couldn't say enough good things about her. Feels like almost an already made star, doesn't she? Yeah. And, and Becky like, and dude, like what did I I was saying at Mania, call Rhea up for fucking raw after Mania. That is your immediate program for Becky Lynch because Becky needs a star to bounce off of. Yes. And I got pushback on that, but when we look at the year of Becky Lynch, I feel like I may have been out to lunch on a couple takes this year. That one, I feel like I was bang on correct. I, I absolutely and agree. And you know what? I felt comfortable picking Walter here because I almost knew you were going to pick Rhea. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you, you knew she was going to get some shine. <laughs> and like I said, I feel guilty not picking her. No, Walter's. But Walter, I had to give some love to Yeah, as well. I, again, I thought there was probably a good half dozen ways anyone could have gone here and had made a, a really good case for it. But that's the one where it's like, Oh, uh, she feels poised for a massive 2020 to me. Big time. How about the uh, tag team of the year, Jamie? Well, a tag team is, of course, when two wrestlers are on a team. They wrestle as a team. There's sometimes two, three, or even four members of a tag team, but they wrestle in tag team matches. Who was your favorite of the year? Tag team of the year 2019. Yeah. I came into the day thinking I was going to maybe go with the Lucha Bros or the Bucks. Oh, yeah. Because I know a lot of people got bored of that series by the end, but I thought every single match in that feud was just a crackerjack. Yeah. I very much enjoyed. Uh, but... See, I felt bad if I can just jump in here. Like, I just haven't been able to be into the Lucha Brothers because if you were, like, watching the indies last year, they were just on every show you watch working yeah. a really similar match. I feel like still Lucha Bros fatigue. Okay, that's fair. Uh, my pick, though, yeah. is Proud and Powerful. Oh, whoa, okay. Santana and Ortiz. Wow, okay, these, go on. Because these are two guys Didn't that I coming. had heard a lot about as like the only one of the only acts in impact that is actually <laughs> worth checking out. Yeah. And so, you know, they come out of impact and they join AEW at a big key time for AEW, uh, big key time for Chris Jericho as well. And it would have been so easy for them to have that impact stink on them because yes. so many guys do. A lot of guys. Like anybody who comes out of impact and has been a big deal there, you know, I, I don't even think I love Brian Cage. But oh, when sure. Brian Cage moves on from impact, wherever he goes, he's going to have some impact stink on him. They all do. Like Mike, or sorry, uh, Morrison. Uh, John, John Morrison. Morrison. John Morrison. Uh, I got him and Miz's first names mixed up. <laughs> Mike Morrison. John Morrison coming back to WWE now. Yeah. If he if he was coming back to WWE out of Lucha Underground, I'd be fired up. 
but he has the impact stink on him. Can I prove your point even more so? Yeah, go for it. Think of how beneficial AJ Styles going to New Japan for a year and a half after oh the my impact God, was. Yeah. before going. Because I think a lot of people associate him more as a New Japan wrestler than an impact wrestler. And that's not – that doesn't match up with time spent at no, all. No, he's barely in New Japan. He has a great run while he's there. And, of course, the Nakamura matches and the Suzuki match, which one of my favorite New Japan matches ever. But – I think that did a lot for him to be like, oh, this guy is important. He's not some TNA guy, you know, what, or Impact guy, or and, what have you. And I love the inner circle. I've been a yep. big fan of that whole uh, stable. I, f- I find that, you know, what Jericho has done is really, uh, you know, been great. But Jericho is a comedy act right now. Yes. Jake Hager is a uh, intimidator. He's the muscle of the group, but but he's not a guy that you want to see work a match necessarily. <laughs> no. Sammy I'm... Guevara is a very talented in-ring worker, but there's still he's putting it together. He's not all there yet. He has potential, but yes. he's not the star that they want him to be right now. Which means that for Inner Circle to work, Proud and Powerful have to shoulder that load. Yeah. And Santana and Ortiz have been excellent on TV all year. I've really enjoyed their matches uh, with the Bucks, really with anyone. They, they've they had beatdown angles that have been better than any beatdown angle I've seen really all mm-hmm. year. I They are my tag team of the year. It's just to have the opinion that I do of them right now relative to what I thought I might be getting from them coming out of Impact Fantastic. I, I like how you say they sort of anchor some reality to the inner circle, and I, I think that's totally true. They come across as aggressive and mean and sort of like a jokey bunch. I, I totally hear that. Uh, if I just could, I think you sort of let slide the understatement of the millennium in there, <laughs> which is you don't necessarily want to see a Jake Hager match. <laughs> no, I, they, I, I've seen them. I, I, I'm good forever. I really <laughs> like what Jake has done. Stop it. I do. He's been really entertaining. <laughs> Even, like when they did the Jericho fake documentary and it's sit down yeah. and with Jake Hager and he doesn't say anything. That's hilarious. When he But you're talking about the you're saying When he worked a MMA fight and intentionally disqualified himself to a keep his MMA mystique and get over his low blow as a wrestling maneuver <laughs> within the world of MMA, I think Jake Hager is like a worker's worker. He's hey, this had is a my fantastic point. year. But, yeah, I don't I, necessarily want to see him work a match. Well, if you do, you have there's the WWE Network. You can see when he was... I think some people forget this. <laughs> people sometimes don't remember... Former world heavyweight champion, Jake Zager, by the way. <laughs> Guy who had a title reign for four months without one good match. Mr. Not a, Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Money in the something. Uh, <laughs> J-Mo, to me, there was... There Mr. Was, Money in the couch. Whoa, come on. <laughs> oh, oh, you smoke sativa? Me, I smoke in the couch. Okay, just a little joke. Oh, I thought that was pretty Sorry good. Sorry for the jokes. Um, J-Mo, I thought uh, this year was kind of clear for me, to be honest, uh, for, for who was the tag team of the year. I thought the Undisputed Era was the, the tag team of the year in sort of a, a literal sense, you know, between holding all the belts, between having, in my opinion, the, the tag match of the year against the Revival on television, no mm-hmm. less. Um, they just feel like the center of NXT in a way that tag oh, teams right. generally don't. It's uh, hilarious that I picked... <laughs> proud, proud and powerful, despite the fact that I'm wearing an undisputed era <laughs> yeah, shirt right. as we record this. Uh, I thought they they just, you so rarely, and I would actually like to see AEW do this more, where t- a tag team is the center. And I know they're more of a faction than a tag team, but they wrestle as a tag team, swapping out members. Uh, I think that this year, and I don't know if this is contentious or not, but I think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, if you want to call them Red Dragon or 
two-fourths of the Undisputed Era. I think they're entering the conversation of one of the great tag teams of all time. I really do. Um, be it the, the match with the Motor City Machine Guns or the Bucks or just the, the entire career leading to this point. The they, TV match they had this year with the Revival. They, they're just the, the Viking Raiders match that opened the year on TakeOver. Like, these guys had... Oh, that Viking Raiders match was fantastic. They had a year not quite... Thank you for bringing that up. It's a I great one, man. I forgotten about it. It, it. They had not quite a final Revival year in NXT, which I consider sort of the gold standard for a tag team's year. But I think Undisputed Era got close this year. And, and I'm not saying that Proud and Powerful wasn't... It's not like, oh, they... they the Undisputed Era was the definitive, but when I think of the year, and it's like, wh- whose who's year was this for a tag team? Yeah, for I'm, me, pi- I'm picking off three months. You're picking off 12, basically. Something like that, but I do really like the Proud and Powerful pick. But for I me, just felt like I had to go outside WWE because main roster WWE has done their tag division so dirty so this year. So dirty, man. It's the poor revival, man. I, hey, I at least we finished the year with TLC with a pay-per-view where all three tag belts were defended because there were other pay-per-views this year where not a single tag belt got defended. That's absolutely right. So that's a good point, too. Uh, Madman, we've been too kind so far, I think. We've been we've been too kind to the professional wrestling. I think we need to jump to one of the worst of categories. All How right, do you feel let's about do it. This? Yeah, I like it. Switch it up. Yeah, let's switch it up. How about we talk about the worst feud of the year? The worst feud of the year. Do you want me to lead on this I one? I would love for you to take lead on this. So, Jamal, I... I have a hard time with this one because, I, you know, you hate to shit on people that you love. You try to be positive. You try to be po- especially when it's involving wrestlers that you enjoy. But I couldn't get around this one, which is under-delivered for me at every turn. And every time these two are interacting or wrestling or there's furthering of the angle, I'm not enjoying myself. And that is, I'm so sad to say, that it is my friend Joey Janela versus the chairman, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. At no point have I felt like this has been good, even remotely. Uh, Sean Spears is a, a charisma vacuum to me. I, I don't know why Tully Blanchard is booked as this strong guy where everyone always has to sell his offense like he's the best. They tell me constantly that he's this tag team expert, and yet that's what makes him a good manager for Joey Janela. And listen... Janela's under-delivered here, too. I, I thought the the tying up of Blanchard, where he's like just like some circular rope, he's hardly there, and Janela's making these very over-the-top faces like he's crazy, but then he runs away. I, I, I just don't understand the booking. I don't know what characters are getting over because of it. My worst feud of the year, Joey Janela versus the chairman, Sean Spears. And if I could just say one more thing about Sean Spears. Every time the lights go out and it's him, it's not a heel like, oh, this guy. It's like, Oh, I built up anticipation because I thought this was big. And in fact, it's the person I care least about on the whole roster. I'm picking something along those lines as well. Who is yours, Matt? <sighs> My worst feud of the year. And this is kind of a cheat pick because it's a twofer. Okay. Because they were both the worst feud of the year. And then they combined into the worst feud <laughs> oh, of the shit. year. Oh, shit. This is a good one. <laughs> it's Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch yeah. versus Baron Corbin <laughs> and Lacey Evans. Two individual feuds that were interminably long and bad. Two People who were not ready for prime time. No. At no point. Like, the work. Like, look, I know you have your qualms about Seth Rollins, and that's fair. I do. But they. Speaking of. I don't want to keep saying the word did them dirty with regards to WWE. They did an enormous disservice. Look, to their. To basically all of their stars this year. Yes. Becky Lynch got cooled off huge all year long. She wasn't as hot at Mania as she was. In December, yeah, she peaked at TLC of last year. With Asuka, yeah. Not even in the Rumble. Yeah. 
And they cooled her off all year long with all these shitty feuds. They cooled off Seth Rollins at a time when he should have been flying high. And then to combine these feuds and to make these characters have to play significant others on screen, which neither of them was comfortable with. Yeah, and you could tell. Yes. At least Maria and Mike Kanellis were believable as like a relationship on screen. Like I feel like I would have more chemistry with Seth Rollins or Becky Lynch than they have with each other. I think <laughs> Seth Rollins would want to fuck you, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he well, would Fully agree. Yeah, I'd want to fuck me up. (laughs) No, no, no. He would come into the bar and he'd be like, "Ah, there's nothing I can take from that guy's gimmick, but (laughs) good fuck him. (laughs) I can help him sell at least. (laughs) Lord. Um, (laughs) This is a good pick. Yeah, that... That match was good. Yeah, I actually felt like that main event somewhat delivered. The Extreme Rules main event was the best match of any of the two feuds combined, but the lead-up to it was somehow even worse than what came before because you desperately felt like it should be the blow-off of these awful feuds. I'm done with this shit. You just had one of the worst main events of the year in uh, Stomping Grounds, I guess it was called. And I'm so glad we didn't go to that. Oh lord. To see to see what was like the WWE equivalent of the uh Lance Storm versus Mike Awesome match yeah. at New Blood Rising. Oh no, Lance Storm versus uh is it I don't think it's Mike Awesome. Is it not? No, who's he against at New Blood Rising? You keep talking, I'll look this up. Um uh, what whatever. Uh the the match where they're the making rules the rules change. up as they go. That's fine if you're doing it in a 2000 WCW mid-card match. You and cannot have that in the main event of a WWE pay-per-view. It was Mike Awesome. Nice memory. And uh, to just come out of that by combining the two feuds and giving it an additional four-week run on television, interminable. It felt like they both went on for three and a half or four months I hated every part of it. Well, and and to just go a little further, too, it's like you're almost combining two more things, which is the cooling off of Becky, inserted her into a feud with Lacey Evans, which I feel like never took off, and then right into that doubles feud, still with Lacey Evans. It's like Becky so badly just needs like some continued Becky momentum. Becky is charisma. Yeah, She's not ring work. No. That's not her strength. And her ring work is it's good. solid. It's good. She's probably the worst in-ring worker of the four horsewomen, right? Maybe. I might put her above Bailey. Yeah, her or Bailey. But, but, but I would rather, I like watching her matches because of all the things you say. But to take someone whose strength is charisma, who needs workers that she can go up yes. against, and put her for four months well, against Lacey Evans. Just shoot me in the head. Well, you'll remember on the time at Twitter, her and Sasha Banks were going back and forth too, and it was like, why, why isn't this happening? Why is it not Sasha Banks versus Becky right She'd now? She did get her smile back. <laughs> she, she absolutely did. Uh, so that I is... actually watched her documentary. Oh, how was it? It's fantastic. Yeah, they that, do a good job of those, man. They are really all good, but there were moments within the Becky Lynch one, or the Sasha Banks one, rather, where like it's very emotional, and she talks about just losing her passion for the business altogether. That's really cool. I will go out winning of the. She talks about winning the women's tag titles at WrestleMania and feeling absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's like she was watching Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Jay, well, let's get back onto the positive side yeah. of the coin. There were a couple positive guys. Uh, what was your Star Wars movie of the year? No, just, uh, Solo. <laughs> Mad Men, let's talk a little bit about our pay-per-view of the year. Uh, A tough pick this year. 
I had it narrowed down to two in a almost concerningly fat, concerningly <laughs> yes. quick fashion. I was like, I know which two. Because the only really good WWE pay-per-view this year was WrestleMania. And yeah. then you have to factor that against the fact that it's fucking eight hours long. Well, and that I barely remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought there were some great takeovers this year, to be clear. And I looked through the takeovers and I was like, okay, I could probably, I could probably land on one of these. There were some forgettable ones too, though. Yeah, I thought this year there were the one we went to and, and 25. Yeah, I thought... 25 had good matches, but it was also one exactly the same as what I said. WWE, just in general, once they knew that they were going to Fox, and once they knew that NXT was going to USA, they it, just put everything frozen in carbonite. That's It was yeah. Han Solo in one slab, and WWE programming in the slab right next to it. That's him. absolutely right. And uh, Rise of the Saw Skywalker is a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jamo, what, what did you land on for your pay-per-view of the year? I'm going to go with Double or Nothing. And we are I, united on this one. And I know that it's not the best, maybe, work rate show, top to bottom, but in terms of the feeling that you yeah. had coming out of it, a fantastic match, multiple fantastic matches throughout yep. that card, honestly. And then to have big fucking Mox debut with a huge angle to close out the show, make him feel like a huge star, make the company feel poised to do something fresh and exciting. Look, we, we talked earlier about promotion of the year. We're a little bit down on AEW right now. Yeah. But the reason that we're down on AEW is because Double or Nothing was so good that you couldn't help but think, well, sky's the limit for this company. How could they possibly do anything wrong? It felt like, oh boy, we've got something here. Like, it really was the momentum they needed heading into the launching the, of Dynamite. Uh, it is also my pay-per-view of the year, if that wasn't clear. Uh, and it turns out that booking one great show a month is easier than booking <laughs> yeah. one good show a week. And, and it's so funny that you bring up that it, you know, the work rate of the show wasn't that great because as I lo- or not that you said it wasn't that great, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, bang or it wasn't city. cream of the crop. It the, wasn't the best of the best. There were takeovers with better wrestling this year, and Absolutely. I would probably argue Wrestle Kingdom 13 also had better wrestling on it this year. But like you say, the feeling I had exiting it, I was excited about professional wrestling. Like, Mox on top of those chips after the huge entrance. Uh, and again, I, I think we both really enjoyed the um, uh, Cody and, and Goldust match on there. Cody and, and, the, and the Mox Rhodes. and Janela match. The Mox, there, there was a lot. Well, Mox Janela wasn't on it. Oh, that was Fighter Fest. Yeah, that was on Fighter Fest, but I did love that match as well. What was the main event of this one? Jericho and Omega. Right. Which, which was, was fine. Yeah, but but the, the matches of it were Bucks versus um, uh, Phoenix. The Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. Which was and, amazing. Yeah, and Cody versus Dustin. Absolutely. Uh, you and I watched that pay-per-view together sitting on this yeah. very couch. And I felt I felt very fired up about it. It is my pay-per-view of the year. Uh, honorable mention for me for Wrestle Kingdom 13, which uh, I thought was rock solid. Had the better wrestling, but didn't make me feel like, oh, I'm going to fall in love with AEW. Wrestle Kingdom 13, I think, has the tough act of following Wrestle Kingdom 12. That's really its core problem. And... Yeah, it's like I feel like it was roughly as good as Dominion this year, too. Yeah, so I would agree. It was hard to pick. And again, when I thought, because of the year isn't necessarily the best. It's like, what was this year? And when I go back and think of this year, I'm not thinking about Wrestle Kingdom 13. I'm thinking about glowing about Double or Nothing. So that is also, look at that. I think that's our first unanimous pick. There we go. And we love to hear it. Jamo, I don't think we're going to have a unanimous pick on this next one here. So we're going to talk about the promo of the year. Who who got on the mic and got you just just sizzling this year? Who was who was cutting them left and right with the words? Well, before we get to promo of the year. Sure. Uh do you do you hear that? Oh no, who is that? Yeah, I hear. Yeah, what's that? It 
I Josh, mean, I didn't even know that you had a fireplace. Yeah, in hang here. on a sec. Who's coming down the damn chimney? <laughs> oh, 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 Santa! Oh, oh my lord! Oh, oh, Santa's oh, here! Boys, Merry Christmas to both of the top marks, gentlemen! Oh, 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 Santa, oh, Santa! Merry Santa, Christmas Santa, to the good friends! Oh, oh, and I'm glad to see that you're both still hashtag good friends! Of course, Santa! You love to see it! Sammy, you're a little early, man. Aren't you Christmas Eve style? Yes, but uh, well, I had the two of you together, All right. I thought I would... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak down the old chimney yeah. and pass along a gift. Oh, thanks, Santa. And it's important that I do this during the promo of the year segment as well. <laughs> okay, Santa. Well, what what is this? This uh, why are you here? Well, Joshua. Oh, he's reaching for his sack. I have a little something for you. Oh, Santa. <laughs> Santa. And I certainly hope you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Santa, you're going to kill yourself. Because I don't mean to speak on behalf of JMO. I could never do that. Well. <laughs> Thank you, Santa. I, I appreciate <laughs> I've just been silently in awe. He snuck. I didn't even know there was a chimney to come down here. My jaw has been agape the entire time he's been in the room. Oh, <laughs> young man. Don't you worry about a thing. I got the talking covered. All right, Santa. Oh, my Lord Santa, what's in your sack? I have a present for, uh, it says this is uh, for the janitor himself. Wait, hang on, this is not for Justin and I? No, Justin has been a very bad boy. <laughs> Justin, he didn't I put out the last episode, and as a result, he gets only coal this year. <laughs> he knows what he did. Mental health is not an excuse, goddammit. Oh, 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 well, Santa, that's, that's a little hard. Oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Santa. <laughs> All right, Santa, you better give a gift and redeem yourself. All right, uh, this is for the janitor himself. Okay. And uh, there you are, a beautiful bag. There it's you it's lighter. It's it's it looks like a wine bottle bag, but it is it is light. As as you open it, I, I have a question for you. Okay, yeah. Yep. Again, this is promo of the year. <laughs> Am I looking, Santa? Yes, look at it. Oh my lord, I'm putting this on I, I, right now. I have now. a question for you, Joshua, and I hope you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> he loves it, folks. I wanted this He's shirt. so happy. He loves it. <laughs> Can I ho 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 the entire time? Will I wait for him to get back on the mic? <laughs> Santa, <laughs> you're, Santa, you're going to blow yourself out. I have a question for you, Joshua. Yes. Wow, I love this. Thank you so much, Santa. Would you like to join the inner circle? <laughs> yes, I would, Santa, because I'm wearing an inner circle shirt. Thank you, Santa. I was hoping you would say, do you want me to join the inner circle? Oh, do you want me to join the would inner circle? Would you like to join the inner circle? Do you want me to would join Would you the like to join the inner do circle? Do you want me to? I asked first, <laughs> would you like to join the inner circle? Yes. <laughs> That's my promo of the year, ladies and gentlemen. It was, Jamo, this shirt is badass. I, I it, Did I say it's an inner circle shirt? It is uh, the inner circle shirt. So, so why, now, and again, I'm not trying to question the kayfabe of this, mm -hmm. but why was Santa 
So was he working on behalf of Chris Jericho here? <laughs> he, he had a present for you. And also the promo of the year is, do you want to join the inner circle? Do you want me to join the inner circle? That, that promo segment is magnificent. Uh, frankly, and I don't mean this to, to shit on your pick. I think you could have gone four different ways with oh, Jericho Cody this year. Cody had a number of different ways to go as well. Promos lived on AEW this year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I legitimately love this shirt, by the way. Thank you very much. I actually initially got you. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, 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 sorry, I had to run back in and explain the uh, genesis of the present. Okay, yes. Oh, 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 oh. Initially, I'd had the elves cooked up uh, a different t-shirt for you. Oh. Uh, the, the purveyor of violence, John Moxley. But, but then, then one of my little elves told me that he'd already given it to you. <laughs> and I said, well, fuck me. I have to drive all the way back down the I-5, go back to Hot Topic, and switch it out for a t-shirt he doesn't have. Oh, <laughs> anyways, Merry Christmas. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Was it a little weird to you that Santa said he drove? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think Santa drives? Uh, Toyota Camry. <laughs> Just something very responsible. <laughs> you know, a good, you know, this sort of thing. Yeah. Wow. I just figured uh, I would give that to you during the best promo of the year spot because I love that promo so much. Yes. I mentioned it earlier, a 16-minute talking segment that ends with a vicious attack and establishes Wardlow as muscle on the level of Jake Hager, maybe even above, above him. Above, yeah. Like, continues the beatdown on Cody when he's not medically cleared to compete. It was a masterful television segment. I loved MJF's promo. I loved Jericho's promo. And I loved them going back and forth together. It was two heels, and yet it was electric entertainment. Couldn't agree more. I love that they give... You said it exactly right. They give the guys the time on the mic to have these effective promo segments. And then you see it across AEW. Any honorable mentions for you this year? Because I, I thought you were going a different direction. I thought you were going to go with uh, I Need My Brother by Cody. Uh, well... <laughs> Just you wait. That'll oh. appear on my on my list a little later. Okay. I, I think the Cody promo uh, talking up the Jericho match where he puts his ability to have matches for the title on the line, uh, that went viral for a reason. Yep. That hit on a real emotional note for a lot of people. It was his best promo ever. His entire oh, life. Very much. For yes, sure. Yes. And it's incredible that we can say someone cut the promo of their life. Oh, yeah. And it's still not the you, promo of the year. Yeah, you don't get to say it often, but it, it, to me, it wasn't. I saw people saying that on Twitter right after he did, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's easy for me to agree with. And that was not something that I saw live, so I got the hype first. Oh. And then I watched it afterwards, and it was like. Wow. Everyone was right. <laughs> Don't you love that when like, things are built up and then they deliver? It's like the opposite of Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Kind of. <laughs> okay, I'm done with the Sorry for shooting up Star Wars. It's okay. If you it's like okay. it, I think that's good. And although I do question, you know. We've made it very clear how we feel. Yeah, well, well we haven't. We've got to keep it. It's good to, to some people. Yeah. If you're uh, six or seven years old. I was really hoping that you were going to go along with uh, do you want me to join I, uh, and that you would pick that up. Uh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. No, you got caught up in the real emotion of a very nice gift. <laughs> yeah. And, and the the good friends fucking electric. Maybe we're a little out of practice. Maybe in yeah, our prime no, I would have. Uh, I love you. I love, I love you. you too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, man. And to Santa, of course. I'm like, <laughs> Wait, he's not here. Bye. Uh, uh, Jamo, you you might recall I said that I was going to have some answers on here that I did not think people were going to enjoy. Yes. My promo of the year is almost as sure as they want to be. Okay, okay. Because I recognize Cody gave this amazing one. Jericho was fire consistently throughout the year. 
But this year saw the return of a man who I consider the greatest promo of all time. And one of Roseanne's ex-husbands had it coming. And my promo of the year is CM Punk on Tom Arnold slash Seth Rollins on WWE Backstage. Wow. (laughs) Did you see this promo? I have not seen this promo. Uh, I could not recommend watching this promo more. It completely surmises why he is the best and always will be. Uh, He, in his first promo returning to wrestling adjacent, utterly outshines anything that was done on WWE television that year under the guise of shooting on Tom Arnold but planting the seeds for a Seth Rollins feud because CM Punk is the ultimate worker. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's coming back in 2020, folks. And his if Tom Arnold is out of bed by now, it would surprise me. <laughs> I mean, it, it is... Like, why go after CM Punk? They, I mean, he gets on that mic, and it's pipe bomb time, baby. I recognize that this is a Mark pick, but just seeing CM Punk go after someone on the mic again stirred something in me that... I just love this man, and I am salivating for him to be back on the horn in happen. the ring. It's, it's for happen. sure going to happen. I interviewed Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful.com on Wrestle Central about a month ago, right before uh, Punk was set to debut on Backstage. Yeah. And he told me that everyone that he's talked to in WWE, whether that's production people, whether that's like uh, you know higher-ups, creatives, or actual in-ring talent themselves – Everyone in that company believes that CM Punk will be back working a program, building towards a match within three months. I I don't know how you could not think that, right? Like, especially with this promo. Like, why is he cutting promos on Seth Rollins? Yeah. Why is he doing that? Honestly, that's the... If that's why they turned Seth Rollins heel, if that's Seth Rollins' mania match, is Punk versus Rollins, that's a fantastic fucking move. It's not my first choice, but it Triple would... H would be the money match. Well, I actually have even more brain genius about that. Ryback. <laughs> if it was AEW, it should be Ryback. I maintain that. I think it has to be CM Punk against Triple H at Mania. But when he's losing, John Cena runs in and Cena and Punk put on an hour match in the middle of Triple H versus CM Punk. So you get 30 of CM Punk, Triple H. Then Triple H goes to rest for a while because Lord knows he needs it. He's all blown up. But Punk's the marathon man. He's got another hour in him. Cena comes out. They do an hour. GTS, one, two, three. Triple H comes back out to complete his match, gets in some offense while Punk's all tired from the hour he just wrestled You could watch a movie during the time it would take to watch the match you're booking. So so Triple H comes out. Punk's getting the better of him, even though he's exhausted. Triple H calls in the click. He calls in Evolution. Hulk Hogan's out there. He's calling in every bad person in wrestling to come help him beat CM Punk. GTS, 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 GTS. He lays out everyone. One, two, three, CM Punk's back beating Triple H, everyone I don't like, and John Cena in his return. That would sort of be my... Ideal he, situation. Like, he GTSs enough people to like spell out save me in bodies <laughs> in the ring. Osmania <laughs> style, and I'm loving it. And that is my promo of the year. And that's a that pipe is, bomb, baby. That is quite a pick. I, you're right about that. <laughs> yeah, people are uh, not going to like that. And speaking of bad things, JMO, why don't we jump on over to the worst promo of the year? We just do a, an instant echo of the best. Do you, do you got one there in the chamber? I don't know what I'm going with for this one. I think you might agree with me here because I think there's a, a not a clear one, but if you want to talk about the actual 
worst promo. It's Ronda Rousey after the Rumble. When the crowd turns on her, she completely loses her place and is no longer in character. It's almost worth watching for fascination because you don't see people break on WWE television all that That's often. That's true. That's true. And you see Ronda just fail to do and a you, promo. You know what? As you bring this up, I, it's and we talked about this yesterday. Uh, not on the show. We, you and I still talk oh, uh, yeah. off mic sometimes <laughs> yeah, about how just like time is immaterial. <laughs> it's impossible to say it doesn't make any what sense. happened in any given year at this point anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, it feels like Ronda is just ages ago. Yeah, like, for you to even mention her being in a WWE ring this year, it's like what that was this Hang year, on, Ronda. But that that one never left my head. And, and again, there were maybe blander ones in a way. But there was nothing where you just saw someone unable to deliver what they were out there to do. And I thought it was interesting to watch, You're right. It definitely had a car crash fascination to it. Um, I know what I'm going to pick, though. Go ahead. Uh, And it is... I don't know if this came two weeks after the Rumble, somewhere in Rumble territory. Okay. Uh, the, The segment wherein Stephanie McMahon demanded... Oh, yeah. Becky Lynch apologized to the authority uh, for having punched Triple H. It well, was at like, least she didn't do you it. You gave her this very cool thing where she punched Triple H in the face, and it's like, here she is. She's your Stone Cold Steve Austin. She'll do anything to anyone. She's a fearless fucking fighter, incredible character. A week later, grovel at my feet, you stupid moron. Yeah, I, and, that's and a great you, you jokingly said at least she didn't do it. Josh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Oh, there's news. no way, Jamo. She did, and and <sighs> as I as I say that you know, and this has been a running theme that we've already talked about on the show that this was not a good year in terms of the way WWE treated their stars. Uh, like, look, I think the biggest shining example of that is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns came back from leukemia this year. Yeah. Does he feel like a big deal to you at all? I mean, he couldn't feel like less of a big deal. He just he lost a match. After having dog food poured on his head, it's uh, it's a dog food dog food world for poor Roman. They out there. gave a big him, dog. They made him sole survivor of Survivor Series. You would forget that, given the way he's been booked since. Wow, I did forget that. <laughs> that is crazy. And just he like, pinned Keith. It's been such a bad year for him in the way that he was booked and treated. That look, I think we both had a good amount of fun with the. Who's trying to kill Roman Reigns storyline? Yep, but it was a huge mess. We can both acknowledge that too. Yes, and. Like, well, I, you you it, it, you saw it, the video. You know, I saw the video seventeen <laughs> times over SummerSlam weekend. But like, in much the same way that like, uh, the elite are obviously afraid of being accused of being Kevin Nash booking WCW yes. and have swung so far in the other direction that That's they've made themselves nothing. Yes. WWE was afraid of leaning into Roman Reigns' leukemia story and has swung so far in the other direction that he is nothing. Which is so wild because wrestling is best with a dose of reality in it. Yeah. And so to, to not steer into that... But they're just so bad with nuance and tact that they probably were just like, we have no way of doing this. There's no promo that I can pick for that, though. No, but that sort of counts. But, like, so I have to go with, like, the shining example to me of WWE just mistreating their stars on Every level, all year long this year, save for giving the baby faces the big wins at WrestleMania, is making Becky Lynch fucking grovel to Stephanie McMahon when she's like the hottest thing in all of wrestling, never mind WWE. It was extraordinarily like bad. one of the worst booking decisions of the entire year. Still plenty of awards to give away yet. How will the top marks boys get out of this one? 
Find out next time on an all-new Top Box 2019 Year in Review! To be continued.